As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE. I depend on BTE for all of my transmission and converter needs. Jed does the same, and you can too. Learn more at bteracing.com. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. And the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. What's going on, Luke? What is happening, Big Jed? Oh, man, just uh, enjoying a day away from the office here. Uh, for those listening, we're recording on uh, Monday evening. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everybody, and I've enjoyed it a lot. It's been a productive day. Yeah, we, uh, same thing. We uh, we actually spent the night at uh, at Bowling Green. We were there for the Sports Nationals. Made the four-hour trek back to Southern Illinois early this morning. Got a little yard work done here. Got to spend some time fishing with my little man today. So, fishing? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. My four-year-old is... I don't really know how he came into this, but he's been all about fishing. He's talked about fishing for the last <laughs> month or so. I, I think he watched it on like... Mickey Mouse or something, and they were fishing, so he got into it, and I, ever since, all he's wanted to do is go fishing. Jed, I don't know if you're like, you don't you don't really impress me as the outdoorsy type. No, not that guy. I'm, but I'm assuming you have fished in your life. Oh, yes, quite a few times. I, I don't know if it's fishing if you don't really catch anything, but I've been, I've, I've gone through the motions. Cast a line. Yes. Had a hook in the water. Yes. Okay, you were way ahead of me coming into uh, like uh, Tuesday of this week. Never fished in my life. Never. No, no never done it. Wow. Okay. I don't know how I've managed to avoid it. Not not knocking anybody that does it. Like it's never appealed to me. I've never hunted. Never fished. Yeah. Never done any of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there. But my little guy is all about it. So by golly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dad, right? I'm gonna go Darn take right. fishing. So. Uh, I, now, keep in mind, I've never done it in my life. I, I'm sure through racing, I know a lot of people that know a lot about fishing, but oh, I yeah. ain't never talked about fishing with any of them. Like, so I ain't even <laughs> sure who to call. I know Tommy Phillips likes to fish. I text Tommy, hey, my little man wants to go fishing. Never done it in my life. What do I need? 
He gives me a checklist. Me and little man, we go to Gander Mountain. We're buying a fishing pole. We get ourselves a, a starter kit. Got him a, <laughs> what Tommy told me to get was a Zebco 33. I oh, man, it. yeah. I got the Zebco part right. And I told the guy at Gander Mountain, hey, this is what I need. A Zebco. He got the Zebco part right. But what I got, it, it's a kid starter kit. But come to find out after a little research, it's what, what I bought is what's called a spin reel. Mm. A spin reel, at least to my way of thinking, is pretty complicated. So <laughs> yeah. the, it involves like you, you've got to actually hold the line with your finger. Once you know how to do it, it's yeah. pretty simple. But You do it like with your thumb, right? I mean, The video that I watched uh, says to do it with your <laughs> index finger. So that's okay. what I was doing. Well, once I come to that point. But anyway, we got all this stuff. So we get up. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday morning last week. And back out, like, we're going fishing. It was Wednesday morning because Wednesdays, we always go to the park. Spend a couple hours together. So for this Wednesday morning, we're going fishing. Gary is jacked up. But keep in mind, I'm thinking this can't be that complicated. People fish all the time. Yeah. So I, I have this starter kit in the box. And we're going to get it out. And we're going to go fishing. I got this thing out, Jed. And I'm looking at this rod and reel, and I'm holding it in my hands. And I feel like like you just handed Bill Dance a delay box and said, Bill, operate this for me. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I string up some line. I put me a bobber on her to hook on it. And then I realize, you know what? It's got to go through them little holes on the fishing pole. So I cut that off. I, I get that all situated. And then I'm like, okay, well, how the heck do you cast this thing? I kind of figure out, okay, this thing spins and reels it back in. So anyway, we go out. Now, at this point, I've wasted an hour trying to figure out how it all works. That's probably giving myself the benefit of the doubt. I bet I've wasted an hour and a half. So <laughs> he's got gymnastics on Wednesday. So now we're, we're in the time crunch. So rather than going like to the park or to the lake, my neighbor has a little pond out behind the house. And I'm thinking, well, this might save myself the embarrassment of doing this in front of anybody. Because at this point, it's become very clear that I have no idea what I'm doing. So we walk out to the, the pond behind the house and I get one cast out. And for some reason, it actually like works. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I don't know the finger trick. So I've got a line in the water and it's just wrapped 82 times around the fishing pole. So I cut that, string it back up. And uh, in the process, of all that this is actually Gary and I, my four year old, we're supposed to be one with nature. We are sitting on the banks of this pond watching a video, how to cast a spin reel. And we are figuring it out. <laughs> and somehow or another, it is a wonder that I did not, like, stick a hook through my four-year-old's ear. No one got hurt <laughs> in the making of this story. And we kind of figured out what we were doing. We actually went out today and spent about two hours actually fishing. We still haven't technically caught a fish. We did have a fish steal one of our worms today. So I think, I think we're making progress. You've been robbed. Yeah, yeah. So that's oh, what my Gary, goodness. Gary called it a tricky fish. So. You are you are a fisherman now. That's awesome. Yeah, something like that. It <laughs> sounds like a good time either way, whether you caught it or not. It's just all about the story. So Exactly. We got a good story. Sound like a great time. I bet Gary had a blast. He's enjoying it. He actually sit patiently with me for two hours today, so he does like it. So I'm going to have to learn a little bit more about fishing. <laughs> That's good stuff. You got some racing in this weekend down at Steel. What, uh, tell me a little bit about your weekend. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the uh, Alabama Memorial Day Classic here in just a little while, but uh, did ease up to steel to support my buddy Brandon Taylor and his first uh, venture as a race promoter. And, um, you know, it's my first time out since I uh, had to basically adjust everything on the car to get it not to wreck at Galat. So I made a four-link adjustment uh, last week and was a little nervous, but man, it was uh, hot and muggy here in Alabama. So car did extremely well, and unfortunately ran into Chris Johnson in round number four. And my twelve take nine uh, looked like we were running two different races. He uh, that was nowhere in the game to his seven total. So those good at math will figure that one out in a hurry. But Chris abused me pretty good, but I like him, so I was able to accept that. I uh, got to run a little no box. Uh, first time I've got to swap feet in a little while. My buddy Ben Willis threw me in his truck and let me run that. And I made it all the way to the third round there. 
we're um, all the way to the third round. We're my 18 and one above zero trying to kill what I was holding was, again, no match for the legend Jack Spivey and his 002 and one above. So, yeah, I got thrashed on pretty good this weekend, but uh, had a good time. They were supposed to run two races on Saturday, one on Sunday. Things got a little behind, so they only got one in on Saturday and combined them for Sunday. I was not able to stick around for Sunday's racing, so I only got to run the one race. But, uh, again, we'll talk some more about that event coming up here soon. We didn't get to chat this weekend, Luke, but I did see where uh, Team Bogacki had a good time in Bowling Green. Yeah, we were at Bowling Green. The weekend (laughs) had its highs and lows, without question. On the low side, I actually rolled into the racetrack with one car missing a transmission, shipping faux pas. Uh, somehow my the converter that I'd ordered for Jessica's car got shipped to the racetrack, so no big deal. I already had it out. Thanks again to my friends from uh, Leroy High School, that cheap labor that I stole uh, oh, yeah. one day last week. So pushed it in the trailer, and um, anyway, got to install the transmission converter when we got there Friday morning. Not a big deal. But my weekend started with no transmission in one car, ended with no motor in another, mm. and in between had an oil pan off of that of said motor, trying to figure out what was going on with it. I spun a bearing in the uh, in the Corvette, so didn't get to stage up for first round of Super Gas. Super mm. Comp. The highlight of the weekend by far was my wife Jessica winning the K and N Super Comp Shootout on Saturday, which is just a uh, it's a 16 car field of the 16 racers that get the closest to 890 over I think it was the first two time runs, and then they run off in a race. And Jess won that. We nearly got to race each other in the final. I uh, did not hold up my end of the bargain in the semis, turn it to Thou Red to KB. Jess came back around and knocked out KB in the final, so all's well. And like I told Kevin before the final, you can't whip me like that. I got back up. She came through. <laughs> so Good correct. for Jess. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a huge confidence builder for her, if nothing else. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I would trade a lot of my success to watch that more often. That's uh, a big sure. highlight, so it was a lot of fun. And then yesterday in the actual sports nationals, Jed, I, I pride myself on – not like a, it's got a combination of aggressiveness combined with not making many mistakes. Like I like to think that I make mm-hmm. people beat me, you know, just put down a good run, challenge them to beat you. And if they beat you, go shake their hand. Sure. We didn't do that yesterday. We stepped on our toe twice, both my fault. Uh, first round of super comp. I basically can't add. I put the wrong timer number in, uh, in Jess's car or told her to put the wrong timer number in and, and just, like figured it all up and instead of my base setup is to go a little set up a little bit quicker than Jessica. Okay. What she's mm-hmm. comfortable holding. And sure. so I figure everything always on my base setup and then I just slow her down a little bit. Well, to slow down in super comp, you add time to the timer. I get mm-hmm. my base set up and it's okay. You just take six numbers out of that. So instead of long story short, her car was doing exactly what it should have been doing. But instead of going 88, she was going 84. And that didn't work out in that particular. She did a good job. She was teen, take teen, loses double breakout because she's going 400 quicker than she thinks. So that yeah. was on me. Looked real good. Good job, Luke. And then um, two rounds later, I made just stellar runs in round one and two. Ran really good opponents that made really good runs. Kind of stood on my head. I thought, oh, this is... Looking good. I'm doing great. My car was awesome. I stage up for third round. I'm last to stage. Flicker the bulb on like I've done a thousand times in my life. And somehow or another, the wiring from my foot to my hand just got crossed. And I got caught somewhere between it's flickering, take another bump, and set the trans brake button. And what I did was double hit the trans brake button. And when you do that on a pro tree, it doesn't work out by the time you get on it the second time you're in high gear and the throttle stops mm-hmm. on and it didn't work out so that's how my weekend ended. oh so yeah sound like a rough one yeah everybody has them yeah hero to zero so that <laughs> uh I've, I've been living with that for the last day but it happens oh yeah so we have a lot to cover today obviously last weekend was a holiday weekend memorial day weekend races everywhere all across the country we can't possibly cover it all but we're going to do our best to highlight the races that we know about some of the bigger races from across the country and i guess where better to start than out west jed we'll just kind of work a little bit left to right 
if we're looking at the map, the West Coast Classic, we had the uh, promoter Chris Forsyth on a couple of weeks ago talking about this event. By all accounts, it looks like it was a huge success out yeah. at uh, Auto Club Raceway in Fontana, California. Started action off on Friday, $5,000 to win Super Pro event that was won by Rob Neighbor. Rob knocked off Kevin McClellan in the final. It was $3,000 to win Pro. Pro saw Trey Vetter, a red-hot Trey Vetter. I believe Trey won 1090 at Fontana the week prior. Uh, I think so. Trey knocked off Tom Patton in the uh, in the pro class final on Friday, and Friday also saw the ten thousand dollar to win pro shootout. That's a bottom ball class, uh, sixty four car field, high roller race. Stephanie Paz got the win in that one over Joe Kidd Jr. Yeah, that was uh, good to see uh, your K and N teammate Kevin McClellan getting the runner up, but uh, Rob Neighbor and Trey and Stephanie Paz all. Great outings there on Friday, Saturday. Uh, Super Pro was Ryan McClanahan, which I guess Ryan's got the dragster now, if I remember right, from Vegas. Is that correct? correct? Yeah. Super, the, the, the super stock guy, yeah, beautiful super stocker. He got the win. The That was a 10K. The $4,500 Pro Race winner was RJ Simrock. And the $15,000 Super Pro shootout was Val Torres Jr. again, another red-hot racer over... Always red hot, Ryan High Gear Harem. So, yeah, Val Jr. putting together a heck of a season out west. It was last week he was actually runner up in uh, Super Comp to his brother Gabe and was down to six, I think it was, in the million, six, eight, whatever. The round, the quarterfinal round of the uh, of the million dollar race, it was six. So, he got a big payday there, big payday here. Val Jr. has always been a super class guy, but he's got to be liking bracket racing here lately. Yes, he does. The weekend out there closed up with Sunday's event. $5,000 to win Super Pro saw Mark Kidd knock off Chris Nafsinger. And the uh, $3,000 to win Pro class was won by Justin Lamb. Justin knocked off Ryan Humard. Yeah, yeah, those uh, familiar names out there on the West Coast getting it done again. Looked like a great event. The the, the uh, Big Speed West Coast Classic, another huge success by Chris Forsyth and the gang. So, job well done by them. Um, with the aforementioned Jigs Sports Nationals at Bowling Green was where you were, Luke. It, it looked yeah, like a... Uh, got enjoyment out of watching these finals from the hill on the spectator side because by that time we were all loaded up and uh, ready to go home. Had time to load up before the finals, as a matter of fact. And and again, we we talk about it from time to time, but based on the forecast, this was a race that really didn't have much chance of happening as scheduled. No, but. this was an awful forecast. This was it looked like we would get to have some fun and make some time runs Friday, and Friday was also the Jags Racers Appreciation Barbecue, and the it was a free pass for everybody that was in the facility to go over to Beach Bend Park and enjoy the the rides. So that was going to be fun. And uh, yep. after that, it looked like we were going to sit in the rain for two days. It was literally like an 80 and 90% chance of rain Saturday and Sunday, respectively, that basically never came. It rained Saturday evening. Had little of, it, had no, it rained after the day's events were complete. It did take probably three or four hours out of Sunday morning to get the track dry. It had some problems with the seepage because there's been so much water in the area. But yep. as far as actual rain during race hours never happened and i nobody would have guessed that on thursday when we left for the event no nah, there was uh wasn't much hope there but uh forecast missed it and guys got to race and uh competition eliminator saw jason cone get the win over terry smith Superstock was michael bryant getting the win over cody lane and i'll take an extra second or two on the stock eliminator That's as should my cousin Ricky Pennington out of Gardendale, Alabama, took this 2012 Cobra Jet to his first national event win over a guy that's on fire this year, Jeff Atkinson from Georgia in his uh, A-stock Camaro. But uh, Ricky has worked extremely hard for this win and hopefully many more. But uh, he has uh, chased this for quite a while and gotten close a few times. But Good to see him get over the hump and get the monkey off his back and get that stock eliminator win. Him and his dad 
Big Rick, as they call him, um, they work real hard trying to make the equipment good and go to these races and compete. So it was good to see my cousin, commonly referred to as my brother, but he is my cousin. Got it done. That was awesome to see. Congratulations to him. Yeah, I wish you could have seen the smile on his face after it was over. I don't think you could wipe it off for hours. He was beaming pretty good. Yeah, it's it's something he's dreamed of doing since he was just a little kid. So before he even knew what it meant, and now his time and money and effort is put into it, and he he got it done. So I'm sure it was really exciting. Yeah, and I think uh, even more special to do it at the Sports Nationals because, with the exception of obviously Indy, and maybe like the Gainesville or Pomona races, you know, I mean, there is kind of a hierarchy of majors, I guess, among national events. Like, yeah, the Sports Nationals feels like a big deal i think in large part to what jegs and that crew does for the event but it is it's i i think it's a little bit more special even than your typical national event yep i'm sure it is great to see that and another first time national event winner was a guy that's been red hot in super street that we've talked a lot about uh congrats out to jonathan anderson uh he got the win over red hot as we been saying Austin Williams, Austin with another big final round and national event. But, yeah, uh, Jonathan yeah. Anderson getting his first was really cool. We gushed enough, or I did, about Austin last week. We'll just say, obviously, good job to him making another final. But how about Jonathan Anderson? A, who would have thought that his first national event win wouldn't have come in Super Street? Which I realize in Super Street, you only get so many opportunities each season. Yeah. But yet, like you'd mentioned over the, he had told me something at Atlanta, and it was not in in. in if you know Jonathan at all, like he's a, he's a very humble individual. He wasn't telling me like bragging, but it was something ridiculous. Like since the start of 2016, I think he was like 46 and six in super street eliminations. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty that's ridiculous strong. and has done the same to start off this season. But it was in super comp that he got the win here. He's got an older Mullis uh, dragster that he's really just started playing with. I think towards the end of last year, obviously got a pretty good handle on that too. So huge congrats to Jonathan for his first NHRA national event victory coming in the super comp category. Yeah, really cool to see. Super gas saw Joe Harper get the win over Steve Hoyt. That was an impressive final, by the way, from up on the hill, because Joe Harper set it down against Hoyt, who's one of the fastest cars in Supergas. Hoyt, I think, went Hoyt went 990 at 172. I don't know exactly what Joe Harper runs for speed, but he went under 150 in the final. I'm going to say he can go north of 160, and he mm. got there a thou. So, to go 90. <laughs> so, well, yeah, mm. kudos, Joe Harper. It was impressive from where I was sitting. Glad he didn't get an excessive braking penalty. That was uh, well done on his part. It was. Super Street saw uh, Gary Horseman get the victory over Jeremy Shell, and Top Sportsman was your good buddy and my good buddy, Catfish, Jason Lynch, getting a win over Mark McDonald. And that was, I'm um, sure, great to see racing Jason get it done. Yeah, from our seat in the bleachers, or on the hill there, I should say, about 1,000 foot, my little man was Jason's number one fan. Not because he knows Jason, which he does. Not because Jason had a blower, which Gary likes loud cars. Because Jason had the laundry coming out every lap. And he was, oh, yeah, yeah. So my, my little guy was all about two parachutes are better than one. JJ, not afraid to get them both out. Several times got them both out before the finish line. So it was, uh, Gary was going nuts over that. That was, awesome. I was actually texting back and forth with Jason today. I assumed, wrongly, that that was the fourth different class that he one in in the NHRA competition. He's actually never won a national event in Super Comp, which seems sounds crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, he has now Top Sportsman Super Stock, which was the first national event that he ever won back in the day. I've still got the, the national dragster cut out from that win because I make fun of him because he had like bifocals on when he was 23. But he won Super Stock at Memphis driving uh, Edmund, Edmund Richardson Chevy 2 years ago. Uh, so he's got a super stock win, super gas several times, and now top sportsman. Three different classes at the national event level, which is impressive in itself, but it really yes. stands out like the guys that have done that in so many classes. This has kind of been a contest going back and forth between Peter Biondo and Jed Coughlin Jr. as to who's going to end their career, so to speak, having won in the most separate classes. Jeg's won in seven. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which is the leader right now. Peter's close with six. So without trying to take a ton of time on trivia, Jed, can you give me the seven classes that Jed Coughlin Jr. has 
won at the national event level? Obviously, uh, stock, mm-hmm. uh, super comp, super gas, mm-hmm. pro stock. Good, good, yeah. So there's four of them. Uh, I would assume that he's won in super stock back in the day. Correct. So there's five. And other than that, I would have to think that Jeg has won uh, top dragster. Good call. That was actually at the Sports Nationals in Belrose a couple of years ago. For number six and number seven, I don't know if he'd done any comp eliminator back in the day, but I'm going to say that was probably it. Oh, Jed knocks it oh, out of the park. Did I get it? You got it. Sweet. Nice work. All seven. Yeah. The most impressive or one of the most impressive stats I've ever seen, and I don't remember the year, but it was the first year that Jake got into pro stock competition, and he didn't run pro stock at all until late in the year, but he won pro stock at one of the last national events of the season, and that marked four different categories that he had won in that year. Oh, wow. I believe it was super gas, super stock, comp, and pro stock in one season. So that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't rehearsed. So I actually did get that. Yeah. So that was all on your own. I, I got to give you credit there. Jim. Nice work. Again, Peter Biondo has wins in six classes, as does, I believe, Justin Lamb. Oh, wow. Justin's got six. Wow. Yeah. I'm almost certain that that's right. So be interesting to see, watch that progress. But I thought that was neat to note just because most people don't necessarily Think of Jason Lynch in Top Sportsman. Um, so, like I say, Jason's third different yep. pales in comparisons to those uh, to those accomplishments. But I thought that was a neat uh, opportunity to bring that up. And yep. the last class that we hadn't talked about from Bowling Green was uh, Top Dragster, where Lenny, Lynn Ellison, got the win over Michael Kyle in a super fast Ooh. final, I, I guess, as to be expected. But both cars dialed in the 620s in the final. A couple of nitrous cars dialed 620s. So. Yeah, and Lynn's a good guy. Great to see Lynn get it done. and. Again, uh, the highlight for me was my cousin Ricky getting it done. I, I should have mentioned that's Robert Hyman's Cobra Jet. Robert uh, has just handed the keys to, to Ricky the past few years. And so thanks to Robert for, for that. And congrats to him for getting that national event win as a car owner. And one question I had, Luke, I didn't think about it till you was talking about racing Jason throwing the laundry. But did, did Jess, did she toss the laundry for Gary or she did not no hashtag shoots for Gary this week we had an, enough on our plate for the final I mean he's racing Kevin, oh, Brennan. Sure. Kevin Brennan's pretty good at this <laughs> I didn't want to complicate things for her. you know it'd be like hey babe you know don't forget if you win pull the shoot but I, I yeah I uh, having and and having been the guy that dropped the ball on that twice in a row I'm certainly not going to give her a hard time about not pulling the shoot but Gary did bring it up so Good call. Well, <laughs> Looked like an awesome event either way. So uh, congrats again to all those winners, and especially Jess. That was, uh, that was really cool because I, I know she she works hard and she cares a lot. So very proud of her, and I know you are too. For sure. This, I guess, brings up as good a time as any. While the Sports Nationals is obviously by nature a national event, it is housed uh, in Division Three, and Jeff, we really dropped the ball. Yeah, we last week we we named off the all-stars team and i was super proud of my my guys in division three the all-star team that we we pulled was the leaders coming into norwalk the uh, points when we looked at them were not updated and we didn't realize that so a huge apology to everyone but specifically to these three racers that ended up coming from behind at norwalk to earn their all-stars berth and that we didn't recognize last week in comp brian browell Super gas, Jacob Elrod, and Elrod's run to becoming the All-Stars representative was impressive. What had to happen for Jacob Elrod to be the Super Gas representative was Mia Tedesco had to lose in round one. And if she did, Jacob Elrod had to win the race. Mia Tedesco wow. lost in round one. Jacob Elrod won the race. So wow. um, kudos to Jacob. And again, wanted to make note that he is the... Division three All-Stars representative and also top sportsman, Mark McDonald. Mark came from behind to uh, to knock out Mick Snyder and take that berth as well. And Mark was actually the one that brought that up to me. So sorry, Mark. Sorry, <laughs> Jacob. And really sorry to Mia. Sorry to, uh, to Mick Snyder. We didn't mean to pour salt in those uh, pretty fresh wounds last week. But uh, yeah. again, that's your uh, Division three All-Stars team. And as we get closer to the Jags All-Stars competition, we'll uh, preview that race as a whole and kind of go through the team from every division 
Yeah. So, Luke, we'll move on to Division One, where Maple Grove hosted a Lucas Oil Divisional Series event, and we'll breeze through that one a little bit. Here, Superstock saw David Barton get the win over Don Bales. Uh, Stock was Christopher Valentine over Matthew Benault. Is that right? I'm rolling with you. Okay. Okay. You're you're going with me. In Supercop, Frank Aragona got the win over Chase Fanstock. Did you see and Aragona's box score? Yes. My Very. goodness. Big Frank laid down 2,000 total in the final, which was, by all accounts, his best package of the event, which would be most people's best package in the event. He's perfect on the tree, 90 with a 2 in the final. It wasn't his best run by much. Uh, nah. Round 1, 008, 90 with a 4. Round two, 001, 90 with a six. <laughs> Sprinkled in another couple of 00 reaction times along the way. Pretty nasty showing from a, a, a guy that most people associate with Comp Eliminator. He is making a name for himself in the 890 class. Yeah, very, very strong performance there. And uh, speaking of 90 classes, uh, a guy that we talked about a lot when we come up with All-State Challenge, Tom Stalbert gets it done in Super Gas. Again, this guy doesn't get many opportunities. He's a busy man, works hard. But when he goes, he makes it count. He gets a win in Super Gas over Joe Eckel. That was actually the one round that wasn't completed, Jed. I actually I clarified that with Staub earlier. They uh, oh, okay. rain before the Super Gas final. So it's Stalba versus Joe Eckel. And I, my understanding is that they're going to finish that at the next Division One event at ATCO. So I won't be too premature with the congrats for Stalba, but certainly congrats to both of them on making it to the final. And that's the, the one round that's going to be held over. Yep. I don't believe in jinxes, but hopefully I didn't there. But uh, Super Street is a guy that turns on a lot of Super Street win lights. Sean Frick getting the win over William Phillips. Sean gets it done. Yeah, Sean defending Division One champ and uh, starting off his title defense in the best possible way. So. Yep, no doubt. Top dragster was Nick Willard over Rick Bell. Um, looks like Willard had a pretty strong box score himself, Luke. Yeah, he was pretty nasty as well. I, I know Top Drag Extra, obviously, 32-car field, just a five-round race, but his uh, reaction time spread was from 004 to 14 and saved the best for last with 004 in the final. So pretty nasty for Nick. Yeah, also a leader of the World Series of Bracket Racing last year in uh, Darlington in November. And I don't know, I would assume in that part of the country, you don't get a lot of opportunity to race between now and then. So he is uh, just carrying that momentum right into 2017. Yeah. And top sportsman was Michael Chero over Daniel Hill. So that wrapped up that Division One event at Maple Grove. Uh, lots of racing still to talk about. We'll we'll talk next about uh, Ardmore, the Windmill Nationals. They had a ton of racing going on there. Yeah. Started out on Friday. Big dollar bracket races all across the country. In addition to the NHRA stuff at Ardmore, Friday's race. Pull up the flyer here. I wanted to bring up. A, the, both finalists are worth mentioning. Electronics, it was just $2,500 to win on Friday, but the winner was Bob Gilmore. Bob is a guy that I was racing with. He's out of Kansas. I was racing with 20 years ago or close to it. Bob is, I believe, 73 years young. Uh, wow. Still out there, still getting it done. He comes to our door car race every year, makes the trek over. Just a genuine good dude and uh, and obviously a a, a very tough competitor, uh, even well into his 70s. So I want to say congrats to Bob. He got the win over red-hot Michael Pennington. Every time I turn around, Michael's in another final. Yes. Um, the No Electronics class on Friday saw Chris Gassaway knock off Jeff Edwards. In each day, or at least the first two days, they also had shootout races. The Electronics shootout was $5,000 to win. Friday's uh, winner there was former million-dollar race winner Nathan Martin. Nathan knocked off um, Cornelius Washington in the final round. And the no electronic shootout, which was $2,500 to win each day, Friday's winner there was Ross Ragland knocking out Jake Howard. Oh, buddy Jake getting a, a final round there and a borrowed whip. So Yeah, he was in was Sandlin's love, that. wasn't he? He was, and uh, Jake will be coming to join us at the WFC here in a month or a little better. And uh, he's actually going to help us on the mic, too. So good to see Jake turning things around after his blow up on his engine earlier this year uh, moved into saturday where they had a 10k in super pro and just like you just talked about michael pennington made it to another final round but uh looked like a split and quit this time as he was uh 
facing off with his brother Peeps. Peep Show and Michael making an all Pennington final there for 10K. It's a really good deal for those guys. Yeah, and it was quite the Pennington show from what I understood at four cars. There was three Penningtons. The, the, oh, that's right. Yeah, Phil. The lone oddball was uh, was Vernon Rowland, who uh, Peeps knocked out. And then it was Michael versus uh, Phil, a pair of the Pennington Roadsters in the other semis. So three of the last four to the Penningtons. What, uh, yeah. what a show those guys are putting on. Pretty, pretty dominant there. And Noe uh, was a 4K race, and Jeff Rydell got the win. He's a Southern Foot Brake Challenge and a World Foot Brake Challenge customer. Good to see Jeff take his familiar Orange Nova to a 4K win. And his opponent, Luke, was a – that's really interesting. He got by former top fuel racer, the Spencer Massey, coming out and hitting the bottom with those guys for 4K. That's Spencer Massey? Yeah, the Spencer Massey. Yeah, no, that doesn't shock me. I've never known Spencer at the bottom, but I, re- I know back when I was a kid, before he ran alcohol, before he ran top fuel, uh, I watched Spencer win a 10 grander in a dragster. At the Texas Motorplex back 15 years ago. So he, he goes back to his bracket racing roots without question. Looks like he's still got it. I think he's got a Nova, if I remember right, from the Arkansas foot brake throwdown. Super Pro Sunday, 10K again on the line. Uh, Mike Badeau got the win over Kyle Seacrest. And in no E, the 4K was Clyde Hain over Brian Hughes. We talked a lot about Brian. Brian and Brian. He getting it done. Uh, Banker's Hours, getting it done, again, going to another final round. Good job by him. And 5K, they had a Super Pro shootout for 5K, was uh, Scooter Hamlin getting a win over Nathan Martin. So, obviously, Nathan had a a good weekend. But, interestingly enough, in the Noe shootout for 2,500, Scooter Hamlin got that done as well, getting by, again, Jake Howard. So, Jake making another final round, but Scooter picking up the, the Super Pro and the Noe shootout wins. Very impressive. Scooter Hamlin's another one that, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, he was probably everybody's pick to be the the next big thing out of North Texas following that, you know, the Richardson brothers and Tommy Phillips and the Heffler brothers, probably what Austin Williams has become. Scooter got some other priorities in his life, races more for fun now than anything. He's got a beautiful little Chevy too, but he can get it done. He's a very talented young man, obviously as showcased at Ardmore last weekend. Jed, yeah, looks like. have you ever been to Ardmore by any chance? I, I have not. Okay, I have. Once. Well, technically twice. I only got to compete once. Now, <laughs> this is no reflection on today's Ardmore Dragway or the Carroll family, who by all indications have done an awesome job with that place. When I was growing up in North Texas, we were only about two hours south of Ardmore. Ardmore was not really on the radar of anyone's uh, like list of tracks to attend or, or bracket racing in that area at that time. It's obviously high on the list now with what they've done to the place. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a dump, for lack of a better word. I actually went up there once. I was 14 years old. I raced my, uh, my old, um, basically a streetcar Nova. It was quarter mile at Ardmore. And keep in mind, at that time, like this place was literally in a cow pasture. Like we had to stop the race at one point so that they could herd the cattle from one side of the track to the other. No way. Yes, and this was like a common thing. Like nobody freaked out about it except me because I've never been there. <laughs> but there's a couple of things. For this is so funny because it's 20 plus years ago. But they, like, there's so much about that day that just sticks out in my mind. For one, I'm in a 14 second Nova. It's got mufflers. I mean, you can hear everything. And in the left lane at the time at Ardmore, there was a megaphone for the PA, like right on top of the guardrail, right by the starting line. So you could hear everything that the announcer was saying. Pulled up for my first time trial. And in the left lane out of Arlington, Texas, we've got Luke Bog... Luke Bog... Luke B in the left lane. And that's the way I was announced every round for the entire day, right? So Luke B. Yeah, old Luke B. Well, I get down to uh the like Super Pro and, and or an electronics class and a no electronics class. And I was actually down, I believe I was in the semis of both categories. And I'm fired up, you know. I uh I drive right back up to the staging lanes, I think for the semis of Super Pro and I'm the only one up there. My man, what's going on up here? Where is everybody? About that time, like two of the other guys that I knew were still in come walking by me to the tower. What are y'all doing? Oh, we're splitting. Like, do I not get a vote? You know? 
And they just look at me like I'm the dumbest person in the world. And they're like, it's dark. Okay. Well, at that time, Ardmore Dragway did not have lights. I was in a 14-second streetcar with headlights and taillights. I wasn't worried. I'll leave the taillights on. Y'all can see where you're going. <laughs> so we had to split and quit. And uh, it was one of the, the better days of my racing career to, the, to that point. So we thought it was cool. My dad and I, you know, there's a little outlaw track. I could race up there. So we go back a couple weeks later, at which time I was asked to produce a driver's license. And obviously at 14 years old, I could not. So I didn't get to race at Ardmore again. And then just oh, as no. circumstances would have it, like I said, at that time, it wasn't a uh, the destination that it is now. And I, I never made it back. So but that, that's my Ardmore, Ardmore Dragway experience from 20 plus years ago. So. Somebody got together and decided Luke B needed a, we need a reason why he can't race here anymore. It's kind of the way I took it at the time anyway. So. Which again, yeah, I've seen pictures of myself driving that Nova, and at fourteen, I looked every bit of eleven. So it's a wonder anybody ever let me stage, but it was good for a day. So, uh, so we'll move on from Ardmore to Atco. They had uh, the seventy five hundreds this weekend, and Friday night had a little door car uh, race where they had a pretty good turnout. Where Anna Lease looks like Le- LeBlanc. Okay, Annalise LeBlanc. That's what I'm going with. I don't know Anna, so I apologize if I butchered that up. But Sounds perfectly she, normal to me. She, she got the win over Bud McNasby and the something else Pontiac. And they had a little gambler's race again for 2700 to win after that, where Mike Morris got the win over again Bud McNasby, my buddy Bud, uh, rolling in there deep, hitting the bottom and Took it to the final of both of those. Come up a little short, but uh, still pretty good outing for him there on Friday. Yeah, Big Bud putting on a show. Saturday had a $7,500 to win race. Good turnout there where Steve Sperone got, uh, got the big win there over Jamie Sirocco. Jamie Sirocco in the final. Yeah, and then Saturday night, which is typical at ATCO, I believe that the Saturday night race is like their points race. So I don't think it's a huge money race. But obviously everybody that's there enters. And the win in that went to Mark Kelly, who knocked off Greg McLernan, thanks to Danny Northrup for the uh, the results from ATCO. Uh, weekend closed out with a $7,000 to win event, which I believe was supposed to be 7500 Got prorated a little bit because entry was down just a touch on Sunday. What Danny said were 79 entries. And it, the race got shortened to uh, eighth mile. I believe Saturday's event was quarter mile, but Sunday's win for seven grand went to Scotty Albrecht, knocking off Sean Sarah and uh, a couple of names that are very familiar to uh, your Northeast racers. So again, congrats to uh, to Scotty and to Sean. Yeah, and I learned that uh, Scotty is not only a great racer. The the year that we had the rain out, that we knew it was coming, and it actually we saw it coming at Bristol at the Spring Fling, uh, where they took us all bowling. Scotty Albrecht is a awesome bowler. So if you ever got a bowling team anywhere around him or around a race, pick him up. You will not regret it. Dude is bad news. They was getting on him about something and he just to show him how good he is, like the last couple of frames he bowled with the the hand that's not as dominant, like just changed from <laughs> right to left and still rolled strikes. I oh, mean wow. guy's crazy good. So shout out to Scotty there for his bowling skills and his racing skills. Uh, moving on to Elk Creek and the Money Tree Triple Tens that my man Kevin Pollard puts on. Uh, he moved that event this year to Elk Creek, Virginia, and those guys had a little bit of a weather challenge here or there, but still turned out a great event. I think uh, like 250 entries, so big turnout there for his first time at Elk Creek. Kevin puts on the best deal in foot brake racing from an entry versus purse standpoint, so uh, good to see him have a great crowd. And Matt Sayers took the big win in his Malibu wagon. Matt, great guy from that area. Got 10K win on um, Friday. It was supposed to be 10, 10, and 10, but we'll talk a little bit about that. He got the win over Tom Baker, another really good guy there, Tom, from that area. So they saw Saturday's forecast was just a little bit iffy, maybe um, you know a 40% chance, but Sunday looked pretty rough. So Kevin made a great call and decided that they'd just run for 20 on Saturday. And if they couldn't finish, maybe they'd get enough time on Sunday to finish. But they did get the 20 all the way ran to the final, but could not run the final. So probably wasn't 
a, a good idea to stick around an extra day just to run those pair another day. So they did a split and quit. Uh, Matt Sayers again makes his second final of the weekend for 20K this time. And he was to face Tez Powell, but the rain ended it, and those guys just split what was left. So really good outing there, and uh, looked like a great event at a, at a really neat little racetrack there in Elk Creek, Virginia. Yeah, you could attest to this more than I could, Jed, but the level of competition at the handful of footbreak races that I try to attend is absolutely insane. So yeah. to make two final rounds against that crowd in the same weekend is uh, – no small feat. Very impressive on, uh, on Mr. Sayers' part. He's got a, a car that uh, I think runs low sevens, high sixes, a Malibu wagon, um, kind of hard-leaving car. You know, it's a, it's a car you wouldn't expect to be dominant in today's racing. The big tire alcohol cars seem to be, but Matt, tremendously talented racer, very aggressive. This is nothing I wouldn't say to him. He red lights a lot. But when he when he don't red light, hold on, because it's it's probably going to be pretty nasty, and it showed. So great outing there by him. So move from Elk Creek, Virginia, to Steele, Alabama, and the As inaugural cross the country. <laughs> yeah, the inaugural Alabama Memorial Day Classic. My buddy Brandon Taylor uh, put the event on. Uh, he he come up with this earlier this year, and the guys at Steele um, hadn't done a lot of bracket racing in the last many years, so. Uh, Brandon stepped out there and wanted to, to bring bracket racing back to steel, and he did it. Uh, had a really good turnout. The plan was to run a 5K Saturday, uh, get into the evening, and then run a 10K as well. So two races in one day, and then a 5K on Sunday. The things just got, you know, it was just a little bit of a, of a busy crowd and some challenges, a little all down here or there, some things that set them back. So, unfortunately, they was only able to get the 5K in on Saturday. And they um, just decided to combine the 10K and the 5K that was supposed to be run Sunday and run for 15 on Sunday. I was, again, only able to stay for Saturday, but uh, I was still there to see Timmy Smith get the win in his Vega wagon. Alabama Slam, I tell you right there, getting the win over Red Hot. Bo Boatner and his Chevy too. Bo and the and, season he's putting together. Yeah, Bo and Timmy both are uh, having a good year, but Bo is just, it doesn't matter what car, the long one or the short one, he just gets it done. Uh, so, no box. I had a good crowd as well. And Nick K, stop me if you've ever heard of K winning that steal, but uh, Doll K dominated that place for many, many years. But Nick's his nephew, very talented young man, and he gets the win over. Champ's dad, Steve McCrory, uh, took uh, took the fire chicken to the final round there, so that was really cool to see. That'd be Papa Champ. That is Papa Champ. I like that. And uh, Junior Dragster, a kid that we're going to hear a lot about, one, and a kid we're going to hear a lot about, runner up. These are two very talented young men. Carson Emmett got the win over KC Pesnell, so those kids, uh, remember those names. You're going to hear a lot about them in racing extremely talented race number two the 15k that was run on the top on sunday was jeff downtown brown getting the win over mike smith which is timmy's dad so the smith family with a really good outing there and jeff brown getting a big win good to see that no box was jerry hunt taking his roadster to a win over tony brock so jerry coming from northeast tennessee and tony coming down from kentucky and uh, making the final round there, both of those guys, really, really hard to handle. And Tony Brock, he's a he's a Kentucky no-box racer. I don't know if you know Tony, but he's got a, you know, a probably mid-90s Mustang. He was running my nephew, Andrew, somewhere in Saturday's race, third, fourth round. Now, Brock's a hard charger, okay? These guys, they're looking for somewhere to race Monday to Sunday. And if there's a place to go, they go. He raced London, Kentucky on... Friday night, then drove all night to get the steal on Saturday. Wow. So Tony leaves. They're both dialed 652. Tony leaves. Andrew leaves. Tony's perfect. Andrew's eight. So they're side by side. Both of them can go a little under the dial. About probably 250 feet or so, Tony's hood stands straight up. Oh. Now, he's got a Lexan windshield, so it didn't crush it. Got the top of the car just a little bit, but it's... It's straight up. 
Well, you know, immediately what you do when that happens is you take your right foot off the loud pedal. But not Tony Brock. Tony's <laughs> thinking, I got to win this round. He knows he hit it. So <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so he's he's half track starting to wheel him with his hood straight up. And they're looking at you. They're just dead in each other's face, just looking across. And Tony's wheeling him. He's pedaling him a little bit. Just a little past half track then realized, I really can't see where I'm going. So he just <laughs> finally gave up. But Andrew was like, this guy, I just raced his hood come up before half track and he was pedaling it like he was trying to take me, roll me through a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Tony. So if I that the great. name Tony Brock sounds familiar, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he the subject of Gerald Bargo's most embarrassing moment story? Yes, yes, he was. Okay, was a, I, I thought that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard that, do yourself a favor. I believe that was episode 11. Somewhere in there, check that out. That that if if you want to hear, if you want to just laugh at the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, get Jared Bargo's story there. Really had very little to do with Tony Brock, but it's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Bella Boatner, which is Bo's daughter, got the win over again, runnering up in in Junior Dragster Casey Pesnell. So Casey went to both finals, and Bella with a big win there. She took out a tough competitor. So good for Bella and. Like the Boatner clan had a had a good outing themselves. Absolutely, and again, there's we're a ton of big dollar bracket races across the country last weekend. I know we can't touch on them all. The one other race that I wanted to at least mention was the Big John Memorial at Rockingham. I know they had several days of action. Sorry, I don't have all of the winners in front of me, but I know that Sunday was the main event. I'm seventy five hundred dollar to win, and uh, that was won by. T.G. Pascal over uh, Richard Alford. So I want to give those guys a quick shout out. Looked like they had a heck of a turnout at Rockingham for what is an annual big dollar event on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I know my buddy Rob Reynolds uh, from Florida stopped on his way home from the Money Tree Triple Tens and got a runner up in uh, in the no box or foot brake class uh, there on uh, Sunday. So don't know who all won there, but shout out to Rob for a for a strong outing and real quick luke i did i just wanted to mention because he was the next big thing i did see that caleb oh, ellison and his too. brother edmund were to run the final round of a, a two grander i don't remember where it was Kill um, Care, i believe it was kill care okay so those well that's really good good to see uh good to see the ellison boys up at kill care competing again and that was really cool, and I know something that uh, they were very proud of. Since he was the next big thing, I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, no doubt. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races, and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L-Ride, and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter long. Racing RVs is heavily involved in sportsman drag racing. They headline the NHRA Top Dragster and Top Sportsman Series. They sponsor all of the SFG Promotions events, including the World Series of Bracket Racing, the Super Bowl of Bracket Racing, and the Powerball event. Racing RV sponsors racers including Austin Williams, Disco Dean Carnes, and our own Luke Bogacki. And they present this podcast that you're listening to. In short, Racing RVs is invested in sportsman drag racing. So when the time comes for you to make an investment in your own RV or trailer, we encourage you to support the company that supports sportsman drag racing. That's Racing RVs. They do it all. New coaches, used units, financing, trade-ins, consignments, you name it. They can take care of you. Visit online at racingrvs.com. When it comes to transmissions and torque converters, I depend on Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE in each of our four competition vehicles. In fact, I've used BTE products exclusively for nearly 20 years. Why BTE? Quality. Service. Unparalleled technical assistance from the racers that are on their staff. In addition to using BTE products, I'm also honored to be an authorized dealer for BTE with Luke Bogacki Motorsports. We stock complete transmissions. I've got two top sportsman transmissions and two top dragster transmissions in stock today. Those are the same transmissions that I run. They've got the best of everything. 10 clutch high gear packs, the BTE ringless turbo spline, Vasco input shaft, BTE's high volume race pump, their top dragster trans brake valve body, which is increased pressure, the new BTE spec case, uh, SFI case, which is fully rollerized, and of course, the BTE 9310 straight cut 180 gear sets. We've also got BTE planetary sets, torque converters, and much more. The best part? 
I've run BT converters in everything we have for years. Odds are I can tell you what you need for your combination. So give me a call, 256-679-8328, or message me via the Luke Bogacki Motorsports Facebook page. All right, Jed, as is customary on uh, this part of the show, we always like to uh, feature an upcoming event. In, in this particular case, the event that I want to talk about is uh, one that is near and dear to my heart. It's uh, an event that my wife, Jessica, and I, in partnership with Scott and Leanne Bailey and the staff at I-57 Drag Strip, put on. It's called the Racing RV's Exclusive 150. Last season was our first, uh, our inaugural Exclusive 150, and the uh, second annual event returns to I-57 Drag Strip, Benton, Illinois, on August 11th through the 13th. This race is a little bit different than most in that it is, when we say it's the Exclusive 150, it is just that. It is exclusive. We only take 150 entrants. And the other caveat to this race is that of those 150 entrants, it's 150 different drivers in 150 different vehicles, meaning that there is no double entry of any kind. You can't double same car, same driver. One driver can't drive two cars. Two drivers can't drive one car. Again, 150 different drivers in 150 unique vehicles. It is at least, in my opinion, the fairest format to have without having double entry, if that makes sense. Uh, oh, yeah. If you opened it up double entry to everyone, I think that's fair. Anything less than that, which I put on a race that does that. Like, I'm not saying one way is right or wrong, but it basically takes the um, potential financial advantage of being able to afford multiple entries out of the equation. It takes the financial advantage of owning two race cars out of the equation. It takes the advantage of a car going down the track twice and round out of the equation. It's kind of going back in time. It's old school. It's bring one car up here, take your shot. And if it's not good enough, then you try again tomorrow. Our race, again, it's a three-day race, $10,000 to win Friday, $25,000 to win Saturday, which will be the biggest purse in the history of I-57 Drag Strip. Last year's main event was 20000 to win. That was the biggest purse at the time. It was actually won by one of our local racers, Joe Davis. This year will be $25,000 to win on APD Saturday, $10,000 to win again on Sunday. A couple of special things that we do. There is one round of buybacks in each day of competition. First round buybacks go directly into second round. But on Saturday, which is the $25,000 main event day, we have a free second chance race, which is for anyone that loses in second round of the $25,000 main event. They are automatically entered. There is no entry fee in a second chance race presented by This Is Bracket Racing Elite that has a $5,000 total purse. So a little something for everybody. The reason that I wanted to bring this up now, again, the event isn't until August. It's August 11th through the 13th. But on June 1st, which is this week, we open entry to everyone. And the way that we've done this, as is typical in our summer door car shootout, is we opened entry a month ago to all of the racers who attended last year's Racing RV's exclusive 150. So they basically had the first option to enter. As of this recording, we've got, I think, 52 entrants or something like that. So we're closing in on halfway. Again, June 1st, it will be open to all. So last year's entrants can still enter, but so can new entries. Uh, people that didn't get an opportunity to come to the event last year. And a year ago, this race filled up. We filled the 150 spots in a matter of days. It was under a week. And keep in mind, this year, we don't have 150 spots to fill. We have under 100 right now. I assume that will shrink even more by June 1st. So if this is a race that interests you, take advantage and enter as soon as possible. Again, we open at noon on June 1st. Um, I imagine that there will be a mad rush at noon on June 1st to get into this event there was last year. A couple of things about our race. Door cars and dragsters run separate. Uh, I think through the first four rounds, again, there's no double entries of any kind. I think... It's nice in a lot of ways to have a limited entry race of just 150 cars because you know that it is going to be a quickly run event. It's not going to be a marathon. At this stage in my racing career, I'm not high on the marathons. Get through 150 cars quickly and then have some time to enjoy the camaraderie either at the racetrack. We do a uh, BTE puts on a uh, fish fry on Saturday night that we welcome all of our racers to attend. Or if that camaraderie means taking it away from the racetrack a little bit, going out to dinner, something like that. There will be 
time to do that, uh, weather permitting. Like we're not going to race around the clock with 150 entries, which is nice. So if that appeals to you, yeah. again, it's a, it's a great race. We're taking entries on i57dragstrip.com. Again, that is i57dragstrip.com. And entry will be open to everyone on June 1st at noon Central Standard Time. Yeah, it's a really cool format, Luke. I love the format. I love the the single entry idea that, you know, goes against what we're used to seeing in big money racket racing right now. So and it, anybody that hasn't been to I-57 Drag Strip, just plain missing out. That is an awesome facility with a staff that knows how to run a race, that, that cares about your experience. Luke, you, you do a great job of keeping things organized, and you got some great sponsors involved that, that do a lot. So guys need to look at this real hard when it's your opportunity. If you wasn't there last year, June 1st pops up. When your opportunity comes, you need to, need to jump on it because it's going to fill up. And just like you said, Luke, 150 cars is going to be a pretty easy race format for everybody involved. And then, uh, and it's got a lot of money on the line. So Everybody needs to, to look at it hard and go if you can. For sure. We'll share the uh, the complete details of the event flyer on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. And again, um, to find all the details and to enter i57dragstrip.com and just click on the Racing RV's exclusive 150 logo. Jed, let's pay a couple bills here. Let's talk a little bit about This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you have been paying any attention at all, You've heard me talk about This Is Bracket Racing Elite, but you may be wondering, what is it all about? How does it work? This Is Bracket Racing Elite is an exclusive membership community in which I work personally, one-on-one, with racers like you to strengthen your game. We work on all aspects. We talk about the starting line, the finish line, strategy, mental and physical preparation, and more. Regular trainings, interactive challenges, and live chats with me are just part of Elite. Does that sound good? Does it sound like something you would be interested in? Visit thisisbracketracing.com and click the Elite link on the homepage for more details. All right, guys. That wraps up episode 28. That's a lot of shows, Luke. I told JJ that, that you asked in the last show how we've come this far and haven't had him on so now all he wants to know is okay when do i get to go on so <laughs> we got to find a spot for him soon but uh, we're halfway over halfway through calendar year and man it's it's been awesome and hearing a lot of people giving us a lot of feedback so we want to thank everybody for listening to 28 shows it's, it's been really cool but definitely want to say thanks to our sponsors this is bracket racing elite BTE and Racing RVs. And uh, thanks as always to our buddy PJ North. Uh, he puts on all the, gives us all the music for the show. And make sure you look up PJ. You can find him on iTunes. And want to give a shout out and say thanks to our newly hired assistant, Mark Romeo, one of my foot brake buddies. He's uh, helped us a lot already. And if anybody's got ideas for a show, you can certainly message the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page or contact uh, Mark Romeo direct if you know how to get in touch with him. Uh, he's very uh, helpful in putting these ideas together for us so we can try to make shows out of them. And As always, we plan to release a show every week of the calendar year, and we're rocking right along so far. So make sure you stay tuned to us uh, for plenty more going forward. Absolutely. And wherever it is that you are accessing this podcast, be sure to subscribe, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. A subscription to the podcast is obviously free, doesn't cost you a dime, but what it will do is get you notifications to let you know every time that we release a new episode so that you can get that content before your friends. Speaking of your friends, tell them about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Word of mouth goes farther i think in our market than anything else so uh, if you enjoy the show be sure to uh, tell your friends so that they can enjoy it with you and get your racetrack involved we've got uh, some more tracks rolling in we'll keep you guys updated on those but uh, if you would push us to your uh, track managers track operators track announcers 
when there's downtime at the racetrack, we would love for them to play the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. I think for the most part, what we talk about applies. And uh, for the most part, I hope anyway, racers would enjoy hearing it. So be sure to let your track operators know that. And if, uh, if they do do that, we'll be happy to mention that racing facility on the show. And last but not least, join our Facebook community, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. You can touch base with us there. You can touch base with us on Twitter. I am at Luke Bogacki. That's B-O-G-A-C-K-I. He is at JP11X. Once again, guys, thank you for uh, pounding through this hour plus with us. Thank you for listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, and uh, we look forward to catching up again next week. Yep, I smell the burgers coming off the grill, so I'm out. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.